We are looking as a congregation at our theme for the year regarding the love of God and that we are to love the Lord, our God, with all our heart and all our soul and all our strength. That continues to be our focus in the next number of weeks. As we do that, we saw initially two weeks ago that that the picture of that is Jesus. Jesus who lived with his whole heart for God. His soul, his mind, his thinking, his feeling completely in tune with loving God. And with all his strength as he bore the weight of our sin on the cross... He carried our sin, and we celebrated the Lord's Supper, remembering his love and sacrifice for us. Our Lord Jesus lived and died completely for love of God, his Father, and for redeeming this world from sin. So we stand in awe of our Savior and and love him more and more for it. But as, as we confront this call on our lives, we would have to honestly admit that, that we struggle. We don't live and love as we are called to. Yet we are called to enter more and more into such a life because that is where blessing lies. That is truly where blessing lies. That's where hope lies. And that's where happiness is. So I wanted to continue our our study of, of looking at how this works itself out by considering biblical examples. Now, Jesus, of course, is the greatest example, no doubt. But thinking more along the lines of, okay, just a a general biblical figure who tried to live this out. There are many very helpful examples, but I think one of the most helpful for us is the life of Ezekiel as he seeks to live for God. And let me explain why, a couple reasons why. First of all, Ezekiel is, uh, is fairly unknown to us. I don't know if you know a great deal about Ezekiel. It doesn't come up too often, but definitely as we go forward, just to be encouraged by more of the Bible, to take an example that's maybe a little less understood or, or reminded or remembered. So it's good. Get back into God's Word. The second thing is, Ezekiel, as, as people have looked at it, read it, studied it, it, it is a, a, a book of hope. So even as we say, well, well, there's no hope that I could ever live for God with all my heart, soul, and strength. Ezekiel recognized that. But, but his is a word of hope. We can. We can definitely move forward. We can definitely make progress by God's grace, by his spirit, that we would love God more and serve him more. So Ezekiel is beautiful in that way. The third thing, Ezekiel as a prophet, as a righteous one in Israel, we can be sure that he said the call to Shema every day, morning and evening. 
Hear, O Israel, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So this is what he was trying to do. Every single day. As he got up, as he went to bed. So his focus is our focus. So how did he work that out? Because he lived day by day like we do. And so we can be assured he worked and struggled with that. Another reason we take Ezekiel, Ezekiel is remarkable in uh, many senses. One sense, very striking, very unusual. Because Ezekiel, it is written in the first person. And so even as it begins, in my 30th year, in the 30th year, um, of my life. Ezekiel is explaining, and as he goes on, he, he talks about, I was among the exiles. I saw. I did this. I did that. I tried this. I worked through this. And that, that gives very much, okay, Ezekiel is trying to, to live this out. Okay, what is he doing? Well, I'm trying to do this. And so you, you walk with him. It's not like somebody else talking about this and that and that. No, it's Ezekiel himself sharing with us and in his prophetic words to God's people how he is trying to live out, be faithful every day to what it means to love God with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his strength. So as we look at the book, we will see that, that it's definitely challenging. It's not easy for Ezekiel at all. And we'll see that already this morning. But, but he goes forward. He tries his very best. And God works wonderfully in his life and through him. And so as, as God does that, speaking into the lives of, of the people here, we also can be encouraged as we consider God's word through the prophet Ezekiel. One other significant detail why we take this book. In, in this book, there is a key phrase. And within the, the, the 40 chapters, it appears 162 times. Then you, then they will know that I am the Lord. Then you will know, then then they will know Ezekiel. So Ezekiel himself, in, in relating to God, he comes more and more to know, and those around him, seeing his life, seeing his witness, then they will know that I am the Lord. So the focus of, of why do we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and strength, so that we we would be more assured and, and those who see us, who, who hear us, who, who we interact with, that they would come to know that God is God, that Jesus is the Savior. And so that's always Ezekiel's, why would we, with all our heart, soul, and strength, seek to love the Lord? So that we would know more our faith stronger, surer, and that others. So that's, that's a beautiful application already 
Why are we doing this? Why are we studying this? Why are we thinking about this as our theme for the year? So that we would be stronger in faith and so that others would come to know that they will know that I am the Lord. So that's, that's Ezekiel trying to get others to know the Lord better, trying himself to know the Lord better. That actual, the actual quote here, that you may know that I am the Lord, that's why Ezekiel begins with this vision of God. It begins with, with knowing God better. And we only get to know God better when he reveals himself to us. And so here, God reveals himself to Ezekiel. He, we get to know him better. And then, and then when, we, when we know him better, when, when we realize who he is more, then, then, then we can enter in more. We can love him and we can, can work. So it's through knowing him better. Just a quick example of that. When we know more, we become more engaged, more committed. I can talk to you about uh, a person, Mabel Took, a six-year-old cancer victim. And, and you can think, well, whatever, right? But, but if, if you get to know more, if you saw on the news this little six-year-old girl, Spider Mabel, and, and they did all kinds of special things for her this week. And then you hear her story. And then you, you see the struggles her parents and she have been going through. And as you know more, then you think, wow, so good. That Andrew Ference and that the whole city of Edmonton, everybody helped out. Why? Because you, you get to know more. And then your whole life becomes engaged in helping. And so, so there is, as you know more, then, then your whole life changes and you enter in. In a much greater way, when we know the Lord more, then we truly love the Lord our God with our whole selves and we enter in and we engage in showing his love. Now the problem is, it's not easy to truly know God in this broken world, in the struggles in life. We can come to feel, uh, or others who are hurt will tell us uh, there is no God. Or if there is, he really doesn't care. And so we had in the news also just recently where, where three children and a grandfather were killed by a drunk driver. And so you see that and you talk to people and you're a Christian. Then how could God allow that to happen? If there is a God, he doesn't care. And so, so those constant, constant in a broken world, where is God? That, that reality is exactly how Ezekiel felt, though. And so that's where, where we can begin with people. Because we too know those struggles, those kind of struggles in our own lives, in our own community. Ezekiel, his friends and neighbors felt that if there was a God, 
they wondered if he really cared. Because it says here in Ezekiel 1, in my 30th year, Ezekiel says, I was among the exiles by the Kabar River. The Babylonian empire had, had attacked Israel, had taken 10,000 people exiled to Babylon, and they were living in exile in Babylon, far from Jerusalem, far from Israel. And, and we get a sense of what it was like in Psalm 137. Psalm 137 captures what it was like. It, it says in Psalm 137, By the rivers of Babylon, the Kabar River, we sat and wept. It wasn't good. It wasn't nice. It wasn't fun. It wasn't easy. It wasn't pleasant. It was awful. And along with that, it says in verse 3, our captors, the Babylonians, kept taunting us, asking us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. And then verse 4, I didn't include verse 4. How can we sing the Lord's song? How can we claim that God is loving? How can we say anything like this? And Ezekiel is saying this every morning. I'm going to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, and strength, but here I am, and it's it's awful. So, so that's Ezekiel's experience. It's not good. And you have to realize it, it's very personal too. When Ezekiel, who is the, the son of a priest, descendant from a priestly line, trained to be a priest, and then when he turns 30 years old, at that year, in that year, that's when he takes up his duty. That's when he starts work in the temple. So Ezekiel sitting there, in my 30th year, when I am supposed to, under the blessing of God, go forward in Israel, in Jerusalem, up to the temple to do the work of the Lord, now I'm here. My whole life is, is off. Everything is wrong. Nothing is good. Everything is bad. So he, he knows the struggle. He knows the difficulty. He's expressing it very clearly as he begins his book. He's still, he's still saying the Shema, calling on the God of his life, but it's, it's not... His life is not pleasant at all. In, in response, at this point, at this time, God, in his grace, gives him a vision of himself. God reveals himself. God reveals his greatness in order to have Ezekiel recognize that even in his difficulties, even in the struggle. God is very present and active. So, so Ezekiel gets this vision, an amazing vision. And you have to realize the, the significance of the vision that, that he receives as he is there in Babylon. The greatness of God breaks into his very difficult situation. And, and 
God is answering like his questions. He is there in Babylon, and, and, and he sees the king of Babylon, and, and the king of Babylon was, was always great and, and glorious, and, and he would ride about in a wagon with big wheels, and he would have guards around, honor guards, dressed in all their flashy armor. And Ezekiel would see this as, as kind of the oppressive military, the king and his guards. They would come by the exiles and, and continue to taunt them and say, you are nothing and your God is nothing. And then God comes in this vision. And notice, first of all, God is brighter. He is, he is brighter than whatever the shiny stuff the, the uh, Babylonian king wears. He has, he has fire, like glowing metal, and, and yeah, lightning and flashing out from him, verse 13. Uh, and so, so that picture. Then, then why the wheels? Because, because this, this Babylonian king would go on this wagon with fancy wheels. Here we have fancy wheels. The, the going on about the wheels contrasts that, that what, what, what the, the Babylonian king is saying. This is the true king, God coming in power. So that's, that's why the wheels are there. And then the four living creatures are the great guards, the powerful cherubim. Splendid, mighty, the lion, the ox, the eagle, the human face, power and strength. This is God and moving everywhere. And, and, and especially the one detail that's uh, mentioned in chapter 1 and verse 18. And then, and then Ezekiel 10 verse 12. That, that emphasis of, of God sees. And the Spirit of God sees the entire body, including the back. So all around, all around, these angels are covered with eyes. Their wings are covered on both sides. Their, their, their legs, the wheels. Ezekiel needs to know that God sees. God sees every detail. God sees even the secret, secret, secret things the hidden things, the unknown things, the things we personally wonder about, the things in this world that we wonder about. God sees the suffering and God cares. That's really the, the picture here. God, God is so great. Nothing is hidden from his sight. And this is a powerful comfort for Ezekiel as God comes to him in this place. The, the thought would be, no, God is in the temple in Jerusalem. No, God is much greater than that. God is, is here in Babylon. God is where you are. God sees your struggles. God is ready to help. That's, that's the, 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 the picture Brad mentioned too, how, how, how diverse God is, and, and there's great aspects of diversity here too. But I want to just focus in on that reality of God seeing. Take that one aspect of his greatness that he sees all. And that as, as we recognize that, then we also need to, to have our eyes open to, to where, where we would respond to, where there is need, where there is suffering. Recognizing God is with us in our own lives, 
that God calls us in living for him, in living out his love, that we also continue to see where others suffer and to show that God is first in our thinking and acting, that that we also want to show his loving care to those around us. And so in that, that particular area, I want to focus in on one very concrete example this morning that we are trying to do as a church. This Sunday is actually uh, Safe Church Sunday throughout the denomination. And Safe Church Sunday recognizes something that we often don't want to see. We don't want to see the reality that, that, that our community, our culture, and even affecting our church the reality of abuse, the abuse that has happened to people, to parents and children through the years. And we say, we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to think about that. We don't want to see that. Well, the picture of, of Ezekiel with all the eyes that God sees. And, and the theme for this year is, is actually God hears, do we. Uh, I would just translate that God sees, do we. And that, that we see the reality of that struggle, that suffering in our community and, and in our congregations. And that we respond knowing the love of God and opening our eyes to it in our suffering and ministering to those who suffer in this way. To show God's care and to do all we can. And so... That's why we have a, a specific program in this church. It's an effort for us with our heart, soul, and strength to do what we can. And so we have a plan to protect program. I'm very thankful that Dana is willing to help us navigate through its requirements and that it continues to be a, a central, important expression of what the love of God means to us that he sees us in our struggles and that we see the struggles of those who have suffered in this area, the area of abuse. And so I want to just share some quotes with you from the Plan to Protect program that directs us in a wholehearted response to live for God also in this area. The first quote that they, they have a number of quotes that try to express the heart of that, that ministry that we are, are part of. We, we want to do, we do what is best for those who are vulnerable, not what is easiest for volunteers. So we ask people to, to get checks and to, to have their police check in order and, and to also show the caution that's needed in, in terms of relating to each other and to those who are part of our various ministry programs. We have a lot of people come into the church from the community. And so, so we take it upon ourselves to do what is best uh, for those who are vulnerable in this area. So we try to, to make sure everyone is safe, feels safe. And so I, I had it just, just as, as I am teaching a class too, and, and someone brought a friend, and, and, and there was a young lady sitting there, and you could tell she was nervous. She was nervous 
and and just it was new a little bit and different but then then to assure this person to i don't know the details of this person's life but then assure them we are a safe church you are safe here we have all the protections in place nothing will happen to you here and that just just puts people at ease helps them in their suffering to know god loves them and people are seeing and hearing and listening the second one, plan to protect, has nothing to do with us not trusting our people, but everything to do with having our community trust us. I don't know if you watched uh, the Pope's visit. It was quite, quite something. It's always striking. Just, just though in his presentation of things, he apologized again. He stands up and he says, there's abuse. And he says, we are responsible. And he says, we are going to do everything we can. Now, they're working that out. But, but just, just to, it's good, it's important, it's necessary to say, okay, this is, this is a struggle. And, and we as a religious institution, we're not part of the Catholic Church, but we as a religious institution, we become associated with that brand. And so if we do nothing, we are, we are not being, being aware of what's going on. We need to do everything we can. We don't have the same, the same history and the same struggles. of, but, but when people come in, people call me father. People come off the street sometimes and say, oh, are you leading here? Oh, oh father, father. Sorry, I'm not Catholic. But, but we're the same. We're the same brush in people's eyes. And, and there's a hesitancy, a risk. Are you safe? Am I safe? Is this a safe place? And so we need to... Be aware of that and do everything we can because God, God wants to reach into the lives of those who suffer and we need to be a place where they can come and be secure. The third one, we answer the prayers of victims of abuse. God is not silent about abuse and he has asked his church to protect the oppressed. We are part of the Plan to Protect program <laughs> and uh, Dana got a little sign, a little sticker. Do you know where the sticker is? No. There's a little sticker. It says, plan to protect. It sticks on the window from the inside. It's underneath the sign with our times and service dates and the name of the church and myself and contact numbers. At the bottom, it's just a small sticker. Doesn't, doesn't strike us at all, right? We have, people have seen that sticker. People who need to see that sticker have seen that sticker. They have walked by this church, and they've seen it there, and they have felt that this could be a place that they could come. That's how people struggle in this area. People who have suffered and need the reassurance that this is safe. They're looking. They're looking for just, just that assurance that, that we know. We know. We understand just a little bit. And we are trying to do everything we can. That's our ministry in this area. Number four, having planned to protect in place provides seeds of hope. 
and nurtures the healing of those who have been abused. Ezekiel was a prophet of hope. Living out the call of God is to give that hope that someone understands, that someone cares. And we want to give that hope. And finally, number five, knowledge is the key to protection. Annual training lets us know how to help others feel safe and how to be safe ourselves. And so that's why Dana is offering too. And part of the program is to take some training. Just hour or two, just to sit down again, we come together. And so Dana has offered a number of opportunities, a couple Thursday nights, a couple Saturdays, so that, that, that we are just aware that we can be that ministering presence to people when they come into our fellowship. If it's through gems or cadets or, or a circle of friends, we had a bunch of new people again here Thursday night. And, and so they come in and they wonder, what is this place? What's going on? And, and those who come need to feel it's good, it's safe here, all is well. So those are some of the quotes. They try to capture the heart of what Ezekiel is saying here. God sees the need. The cherubim and the wheels are covered with eyes. God sees and his heart breaks. He also sees how we are responding as a church, as those who bear his name, as those who witness to his saving power in a sinful world. So in knowing God's love, especially in Jesus who came for a broken world, we need to also wholeheartedly do everything we can. We know in our minds, in our hearts, that this is a problem. And we as a church seek to respond, to do what needs to be done, to do our very best. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we want to acknowledge your great love for us. And we recognize that by seeing your goodness and greatness and love, we are filled with thankfulness for your uh, wonderful truth displayed again in your word and encouraging us in our lives in the struggles we have. Lord, we pray especially this morning for those who have suffered in the area of abuse. We do want to be a place that honors you, first of all, in providing safety, security, the help that is needed, Lord. We thank you for the uh, program that is available and how, how it is actually uh, very workable and how despite uh, some of the inconveniences too, Lord, we are able to uh, just be uh, prepared and trained and ready to serve you and serve these people in this area. Lord, we thank you that you continue to challenge us by your word and spirit and that we would respond to by being your faithful witnesses and that your name would be praised in all we do in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing as a song of response 483, How Great Thou Art, and we'll stand to sing.